Welcome to the Raw Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Gavin McKinney. So I woke up today with a lot of energy. It's, you know, why not? Monday before Christmas, that's one reason. Uh, back and buys. I knew I was going to be hitting back and buys in the gym. Another reason to be excited. Got my final grades back. Way, way better than expecting. Toughest class I've ever had. I got a 90 on the final. I had a 15-page research paper. Got a B-plus on it. Yeah, not great, but... You know, I, how the semester went, I am more than happy with that. I'm so thrilled. And then I also found out that my soccer season is officially a go, which D3 sports, for the most part, were put on hold this past semester. So my college se- soccer season was pushed back to the spring and wasn't sure if I was going to have it. But today they released a statement saying that everyone in my conference will be playing. So I am so happy, so thrilled. And I'm pretty sure I can speak on behalf of all D3 athletes when – because most D3 sports were put on hold across the country. So to be able to go out there and play this semester is a great feeling. Because um, when you're doing it at the D3 level, you're not doing it because it helps you get through school cheaply. It doesn't. You're doing it because you love the sport. It's part of who you are. It's part of your identity. And for me, that is the case. Soccer has made me to the person I am today. It's made me more disciplined. Built my work ethic built so many friendships. It's a great stress reliever. It's given me so much more confidence in life. Like soccer is, I'm not a, like soccer isn't me, but it's formed me. It's helped me become me. And I'm so thankful for the sport and to be go over a year without playing and like true competitive games and a true competitive atmosphere is, it's not been easy mentally, especially during this past semester in school. It's, it's been a task for sure. So I'm excited to get back out there. As I know, regardless of sport, regardless of where you are, everyone is going to be more than thrilled to get back on to the field, court, in the pool, whatever it may be. Everyone's going to be excited. Now, although D3 sports were put on hold, D1 college football did take place this past season. And the college football selection committee released the college football playoff selection yesterday. Coming in at number one, Alabama who might have played in the game of the year against Florida this past weekend. And although I'm not an Alabama fan at all, that was a really fun game to watch, even though they won. Um, that was I've never had that much fun watching a football game, honestly. It was, I was on the edge of my seat the whole game. It was a great game. Coming in at two, Clemson, no surprise, especially after what they – I'm fortunately going to have to talk about it, what they did to my Notre Dame Fighting Irish this past weekend – Coming in at three, I don't know how I feel about it. Ohio State, 6-0, and two good wins, both of them closer than they probably should have been. They've showed some inconsistencies, played less games than everyone else in the college football playoff by a lot, by almost half. So I don't know how I feel about that. They're definitely probably a top-four team, but they're, that probably doesn't mean definitely. So it's uh, it's debatable. Um, and then Notre Dame coming in, and I'm not surprised at all. They've they played a great year, played, had a great season. They beat Clemson, and yes, Clemson had Trevor Lawrence, but their quarterback was still the number one overall recruit last year. So it's not like they were didn't have a QB at all. Um, so they took care of business. They did what they could against them. They beat them in the regular season. Then went into Chapel Hill against arguably the best offense overall, all-around offense in college football. Shut down their offense, one by two touchdowns in Chapel Hill. It's pretty impressive. Um, and then who could you put in there? Like Texas A&M. Texas A&M lost by 30 to Alabama. And yes, they won six or seven in a row, but they were pretty low competitive games. 
Now, I wouldn't have been too mad to see Cincinnati. It would have been nice to see a non-Power 5 conference team make it. I wouldn't have been happy if they made it over Notre Dame, but Cincinnati was undefeated. They did what they could. Um, they handled their business. So it would have been it would have been terrible if they made it for sure. But I definitely think Notre Dame was the clear number four seed for sure. Even switched them in Ohio State, considering Ohio State only played six games. Now, I'm a Texan AM fan. I am a little upset about that Ohio State team being there because only six games compared to everyone else who played 10 or 11. That's that's just tough for the committee to make, I do think. But I, although being a Notre Dame fan, every year we make the playoff or make a championship game, it seems like we play Alabama. Every year we get killed. I do think we match up a lot better with Alabama. I do think losing to Clemson, which I expected, we were going to get killed. I expected it. You gave Trevor Lawrence more motivation by chanting in his face when we beat them. He didn't even play. You don't want to give Trevor Lawrence more motivation because maybe the best college quarterback we've seen in a long time, considering from the beginning of his career to the end, he's had a prolific career. I, yeah, I was not expecting to win that game at all. But I do think Notre Dame matches up so well with Alabama. I think it's going to be within 10 points. I don't, if I'm putting money on, I'm putting money on Alabama. But if Notre Dame wins, I'm not going to be too surprised. I truly think this is a year where they can go out and compete. I, I may look stupid coming in a few weeks, but I think they can go out and compete. Truthfully do. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic about this game. Uh, this team is Ian Book's a solid QB. He went out there. Yes, he only threw one touchdown, but that it really wasn't his fault. The defense sucked. Or he dropped passes. The offensive line kept collapsing. So, but I think this game against Alabama is going to be a great game. And now for the Clemson-Ohio State game, I don't think it's going to be close. I truly don't. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to go out there, handle his business, show that even though we've played twice as many games as you, we're still fresh, we're still going to beat you. And I, I, if I'm picking who's going to win it all, it's going to be Clemson. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to end this prolific, prolific my bad, Clemson career with another championship. And then in – Regardless of who he plays in the championship game, whether it be Alabama or Notre Dame, I would love to see the tiebreaker against Notre Dame. I think it would be a much closer game for sure. Notre Dame safeties, although do suck, would come out and play much better. I think our offense would play much better. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. And then, But it's probably going to be Alabama-Clemson, which it seems like is almost every year. We got a break from it last year, but pretty much every year it feels like it's Alabama and Clemson. So I do think that's probably the most probable um, prediction. And as I said, Trevor Lawrence is going to go away with his second championship in Clem- with Clemson. And now we're going to keep it in the football world with the by going to the NFL. Now, being from Indiana, the Colts, my beloved Colts, are definitely my favorite team. And it seems like week in and week out, they either get a big lead, they go down a lot, and then they either blow the lead or they start to come back. And every single week, without a doubt, you can know you know that in the fourth quarter, with three minutes left, it's going to be a one-possession game, and it's going to come down to arguably the last play of the game. And it is the most frustrating feeling ever. And I swear they're going to give me a heart attack, but they somehow keep pulling away with these losses, whether it be or wins. My bad. With whether it be luck, like a terrible snap, like it was a few weeks ago from Houston whether it be missed field goals, whether it just be a breakout play. It just seems like there's always just a little bit of luck with the Colts, and I'm okay with that. Colt, luck wins games. You have to be good to be lucky. So, I don't know. Maybe since we don't have Andrew Luck anymore, we just have luck. And I'm okay with that. 
honestly. But although the Colts do appear to like they're going to make the playoffs, I don't see them doing too much, unfortunately. I love Phillip Rivers. I just don't think he's a QB that can take us to the next level, which we do have a solid team, but we just need that one more oomph from our QB. And I, especially with his injury, his lack of mobility right now, more than usual, it just makes Phillip Rivers, I don't think, that elite QB, which is what we need to make it to the conference championship or even Super Bowl. Now, my Super Bowl predictions as the regular season is coming to an end within the next couple weeks. I have Green Bay versus Kansas City in the championship game, which I think is the most common prediction. Uh, even though in the NFC, it's a toss-up. You, you can't sleep on Seattle. You can't sleep on... Um, there's just a few teams you can't sleep And the Saints, New Orleans, they're always going to be in there. You can... Drew Brees is... A, even though I've heard this may be his last year, so... Maybe he'll be going out with a bang. Who knows? But I think Green Bay is the problem from that uh, team from the NFC and then the AFC. Yes, I have a few dark horses in the AFC, but I, I don't see anyone beating, competing with Kansas City. I see Kansas City going back-to-back. They have the best QB, arguably, in the league right now. And they have easily the most depth, deep team. They have insane depth at every position. They have an all-pro at every position, it seems like. They're so good. I definitely see Kansas City going back-to-back this year. But I do have some dark horses, as I said. And my, when I say dark horse, I mean these are teams that can make a playoff run, whether it be in their conference ter- championship games or even possibly pulling an upset, pulling a miracle, getting to a Super Bowl. We've seen it happen many times. Uh, but I think the Rams and the NFC, their team I would not sleep on. I've seen a lot of people saying that, actually, that they think the Rams have a good team. I truly do. I think that's a team that can make the NFC Championship game if they, if the playoffs, if their matchups line up right. And I also could see the Bills. The Bills. I, I, I don't like the Bills, but I like the Bills fans. I love how enthusiastic they are, how fun they are. Um, so I'm not opposed to seeing them be a dark horse. I think they can make it to the AFC Championship. They honestly match up pretty good with Kansas City, too. I, I don't, still don't see them beating them. But as a fan of football, I would... I think they can go pretty far into the playoffs. And then another team, the AFC, the Browns. Um, the Browns are probably my second favorite team, honestly. I don't know why. I just love Baker. I love the way he plays. I love, you know, Odell's out. I love Odell. I love Nick Chubb. Miles Garrett is a stud. I think it's so funny, the helmet incident. I shouldn't say it's funny, but it is funny. Um, but he, regardless, he's a stud. Uh, Jarvis Landry. love Jarvis Landry. Um, I love that team. I think they can even win a couple games, maybe make the AFC Championship. I think they're going to win their division too, honestly. I don't see, I think the Steelers, I don't see the Steelers winning it. I don't see the Steelers doing anything in the playoffs as well, along with the Colts and Titans. Now we're going to keep it in professional sports and by going over to the NBA. The NBA rookies this year have been making headlines from LaMelo Ball, who I think is going to be a problem this season, especially if he can get more consistent at scoring. But his before he's even played a regular season NBA game, he has shown that he his court vision's top five, maybe even top ten in the league at worst. Um, he's been making some insane passes, some insane alley oops, no looks, lobs, uh, lofted passes that have some curve on them. It like his passing is honestly, it has me in awe. It really does. I'm excited to see him play. And as a North Carolina fan, Cole Anthony, he has played superb in preseason. Yes, I know it's preseason. Anthony Bennett played really well in preseason. Look at him, he's a bum. 
biggest bust in history. But Cole Anthony has played really well as well. And I'm looking forward to see. I thought Markel Fultz was going to be the main point guard. I was like, Anthony's not going to play too much. But it's appearing like Cole Anthony may start over Markel, honestly. I I truly think he will by the end of the year. And then some other rookies. Emmanuel Quickly, he is... The Knicks never... I know it's the preseason, but when's the last time you heard of a Knicks player having, like, showing out in a game, like, having a good game? You don't hear about it. You don't... Like, even though it's a preseason game, Emmanuel Quickly is the first person to have a coming out game for the Knicks. Usually, it's against the Knicks, where players have a game where you're like, dang, we have to start taking notice of him. He may be really good. No, this time it was a Knicks player who played really well. So that is a bright spot for the Knicks, who arguably have not had a bright spot since Ewing, Carmelo Anthony, I guess they did go to the Eastern Conference Finals. But the Knicks have just not drafted well at all. And the franchise is arguably a joke, but Emmanuel Quickly is really, really, really good, I do believe. And then Obi Toppin, he's another rookie you can't sleep on. Mitchell Robinson who's been there for a few years, Kevin Knox can improve, R.J. Barrett. So I'm, the Knicks, they're still probably a joke of a team, but they do have some good young pieces. I, I'm happy for the Knicks to see them be, maybe in a couple years, be decent, 18 at best. And then um, some other rookies, James Wiseman, he's played pretty well as expected. He's, he's definitely going to get big-time minutes with the Warriors, considering he's the best, he's easily the best center they've had on that team. They've, had the worst center in the league every single year. Now that I have a really good center, young center, I think that's going to be very a big positive for the Warriors as they're going to, uh, I think, probably make the second round of the playoffs this year. A rookie I'm a little concerned about is Anthony Edwards. He's not necessarily bad. I don't want to say he's a bust, but he definitely has looked um, a little lackadaisical, to say the least. He, like, he doesn't necessarily put his all into it. and That, that might be unfair of me to say, but... I definitely think Anthony Edwards was not the best player to pick at the number one. But I am excited to pick to see the Timberwolves play. I love D'Lo. I love Cat. So I hope Anthony Edwards shows up and he proves me wrong. And now I'm going to be with uh, a lot of people making predictions as preseason coming in, who they think is going to, are going to be the best teams in the NBA. Lakers and Nets definitely are the two that stand out the most. Lakers, this... Probably is LeBron's best team he's ever played on, if we're being honest. Um, deep, they arguably have 10 starters, like 10 people on that team that can start on other NBA teams. They're super deep, um, well-rounded, good defensive team. Their bench is great on defensive team. Um, their starters, we already know they're great defensive players too. They did lose Rondo and Dwight, which I think will hurt them. But at the end of the day, I think they definitely got better. And then the Nets... Katie and Kyrie. I don't see them being the best regular season team because I do think Kyrie's going to, you know how Kyrie is. He's kind of a drama queen, to say the least. I do see him load managing quite a bit and then Katie coming off a, a serious injury. That man just loves to hoop, though. I don't see him load managing, but I could see him taking a few rest games because he is coming off a, could have been a, a career ending injury or career changing injury, which he's looking pretty lethal. So I. Still expect him to be the top three player in the league, second best player in the league behind LeBron, honestly. Um, so that team's going to be good, and I hope that is the finals matchup. There'll be so much on the line. KD proving, you know, the KD LeBron rivalry's always been there. 
KD proving that he can win a team or win a ring on a non-super team. Kyrie's going to want to prove he can win a ring without LeBron. I don't think he can. Le Kyrie screwed up by leaving. Truly believe that. Uh, LeBron's going to be going for tying Kobe, being one away from Le Michael Jordan, which that's pretty big. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, he's going to want to show out, show that he can be a Finals MVP, be the best player in the Finals, which I think he can be. Honestly, he is a great player and well-rounded, and him and Giannis neck and neck for the best power forward in the league. Unless you count Katie at power forward, but him and Giannis are are so well rounded. Um, but I so there will be a lot on the line that finals, and I think it will be one of the best finals we'll see in a long time. It would be a seven game series, definitely not like the twenty sixteen finals, but I definitely think this finals would be the best outcome we could get for entertainment wise for just put people who love this sport itself. And then speaking of LeBron, I saw a TikTok. Yes, a TikTok discussing um, the GOAT debate. And on the TikTok, it said LeBron James is the best floor raiser of all time and that Michael Jordan is the best ceiling raiser. He then went on to say a floor raiser is a player who can make a bad team great. And then a ceiling raiser is a player you can put on a good team and make them great. And like he went into more depth saying like, so LeBron, you, you built your team around LeBron. You can have a bunch of decent players who fill their rules, but if you have LeBron, you're going to be good. Now, Jordan, he's portable. You can put him on any team. He's going to be the best player on any team, as is LeBron. But Jordan can succeed at his full potential in any, any um, team, any form of play. You're, he's going to find success. He's going to find success at its peak. And I do agree with that. But it's, And so we went on to say, like, when you're talking about the GOAT, you're t discussing who's the best floor raiser and who's the best ceiling raiser arguably and then who which one do you prefer so for me i do prefer a player like lebron a floor raiser who you can he's gonna make everyone around him better and so that's who if i'm starting i'm starting with lebron but if you value a ceiling raiser someone who's very portable you're gonna want jordan and arguably you can pick either one honestly for either but that's just what they're best at um so for me i do think lebron is the goat but you can't go wrong with picking jordan like if you had to if you're picking any player to start with you're gonna Jordan's not a bad pick, like by any means. It's they're interchangeable. You can't compete or compare their styles of play, but you can compare for sure. And that's an argument that's gonna be as long as time, the goat debate. And then you're gonna have players be added to it throughout time, of course. That's just how it is. So but if I'm picking, I am going with LeBron. Now we're gonna kick it over to the music industry. As Lil Uzi Vert was seen was dropping some lyrics on his Instagram Live. Now, Lil Uzi is one of my favorites. Um, driving around late night with friends. He's just a total mood, total vibe. <clears throat> he has had arguably the best year in rap. He's dropped four albums from Eternal Take, his Eternal Take Deluxe, which was amazing. Um, then his album with Future, his Deluxe with Future, dropped a few songs in the summer with Future. Uh, those were all pretty solid. And then now if he drops a fifth album slash deluxe, he's going to have, without a doubt, the best year uh, in recent rap years, honestly. I'm excited, and it's looking pretty hopeful that this album, if he's already dropping lyrics on Instagram Live, like it's probably going to come out in a couple weeks, maybe by the end of the year, maybe by the end of the week, maybe before even Christmas in a couple of days. So that's something to be hopeful for, especially as a fan of rap, fan of Uzi. I love him. Uh, so I am hopeful for that. I'm 
even though he's going to, he said he's going to die at the age of 27, which is next year. Um, I hope that's wrong. Regardless, his music's going to keep growing and growing, and he's um, definitely talented. Definitely someone you can vibe to. Definitely someone you can get hyped up to. Money Longer is one of my, uh, when I'm in the gym, it's one of the songs I listen to repeatedly. Uh, it gets me hyped. I love Uzi, and so I'm really hoping he does drop this album. It would be big for the end of the year. It's just for the rap game. And then, um, as this year's coming to an end, uh, my friend and I, Mason, who I lift with pretty much every day, we were talking about, like, New Year's resolutions and how they're just BS. Honestly, they're just BS. And we were like, well, if you make a goal, it's you're going to succeed at your goal. But you can't change your lifestyle. You Like, if I were to say today, I'm going to start lifting, I'm going to start running, I'm going to start losing weight January 1st, it's not going to happen because you're just going to say, well, I'll do it next year. But if you say, I want to lose weight next year, that's your goal is to lose weight, and then you start today. And then you say, next year, I want this to be my goal. And you go out and write, write your goals down. Like, my goal is I want to be 185 to 195, super lean, with a good aesthetic look, stronger, faster, uh, more confident. Those are my goals in the gym. And that's that's not unreal for me because I already have that lifestyle of eating healthy, being super active, lifting like, that's my lifestyle, so it's not unreasonable for me to make these goals when I'm already, like, when I'm already trying to do that. So that's something, like, if you're going out making your New Year's resolution, make a goal. Don't make a lifestyle change, because in today's culture, it seems to be, like, every New Year's resolution, my mom says, I'm going to start eating healthier next year. And I'm like, you said that last year, you said that the year before. It's, you got to start today, and then if you start today, you will make so much progress over the next year and you'll reach your goals and it will be 2021 will be much better than 2020 as i imagine it can be much worse um i'm excited i hope you are too something to look forward to this year has been awful but you can't blame everything on the year if you go out and do what you can it's not been a terrible year for me but it's not been a fun year for me either so just go out there start Start today. Don't start next Friday. Start today with making uh, your New Year's resolutions, per, per se, uh, happen and easier and more realistic. Thank you. That is it for today. Have a good one.